I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. 
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey idiots, welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance mostly by asking ignorant questions with me, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm your host, I'm a stand-up comedian, and I'm an idiot. I don't know anything. That's why we're here. If you are new to the podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome. Please subscribe, rate, review it on iTunes. It helps, helps other people find it so they can get answers to their ignorant questions. And thank you to everyone who has already left a review. Thank you to my new subscribers. Shout out to my best idiots forever, Jean and Kathy. If you want to be part of my Patreon, you can be top tier level patrons like them, or you can start... Uh, there's several levels, excuse me, all the way down to as little as a dollar a month. And for a dollar a month, you get full-length episodes, which means anything over an hour that you can't hear on this regular feed. You get bonus content. All the episodes get released early without this intro, with no outro, no ads. We do hangouts. I send postcards, greeting cards, and it's the only place I'm posting stand-up clips. You get at least one stand-up clip a week. So head over to patreon.com slash ignoranceisblessed to get in on that. Uh, to get some more content, but more importantly, to help support the show. I can use your support, and I am so appreciative to those of you who have been giving it to me. And, you know, it's a, it's a one-man band over here, so I really appreciate the support. What can I say? Um, every little bit helps, especially with stand-up kind of, I don't know, in limbo. Other ways to help? You could try NeuroGum. It's caffeinated gum with B vitamins and L-theanine. It gives you focused energy, all the energy of a cup of coffee without the crash and out the jitters. You get 15% off if you go to getneuro.com slash JMS. That's G-E-T-N-E-U-R-O.com slash JMS. I like it. You'll like it. Tell me how you're feeling about it if you tried it because I know you guys are trying it. Also, you can get a squatty potty for 20% off. Are you fucking kidding me? Use the code filthy 20 you can get 20% off a squatty potty. It's life-changing. I'm telling you, try one. You'll be so thankful. I mean, I don't know. I want to shout it from the rooftops. So look at that. Discount codes for two things I really love. You can help your brain and you can help your butt. That's what this podcast is all about. Also, if you're in Los Angeles, you want to see the podcast live for the first time ever from the comedy store. Yeah, the world-famous comedy store. I will be there this Friday, November 6th at 7 p.m. in the window with special guest Madison Shepard. So come on out. There is no cover charge. You just get there early because there's limited seating. You can get drinks. You're socially distanced. You're safe. And you can watch a fun, hilarious live podcast with us. Now, enough about me and future podcasts. This is yet another guest in my mini-series about political decisions and what drives them. So I've had people of several different backgrounds coming and talking to me, several different political ideologies, I should say, uh, for several. It feels like a bold statement, but I got four and I'm cramming them out for you. And, uh, and they're here. So this guest is actually patron fan of the show. Just regular guy who listens to podcasts. It's 
Craig Backus. He's a nice guy that lives in Texas, and he is voting Libertarian, third party. Uh, in this election, he's voted it in previous elections. He's voted Ross Perot back in the days. Remember Ross Perot? That's how bad Bob Dole was that we all know who Ross Perot is, a third-party candidate. Not a libertarian, but third-party nonetheless. Uh, So we talk about that. We talk about, you know, the concept that people try to throw out of, oh, well, a third-party vote is a waste of a vote, and how it feels about that, what drives his decision, and, uh, and his viewpoint, and where he gets his information, which I think is also an important thing to consider. So, yeah. Here's, uh, you know, one of four. I hope you enjoy all of them, but uh, no further ado. Also, by the way, have fun laughing at me in the podcast, realizing that Joe Jorgensen is not a man. Who's the sexist piece of shit now, huh? I don't know who the other option was, but it's me, apparently. Anyway, that's all. Enjoy. Craig Backus. Hey, idiots. Welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed. I am joined today by Craig Backus, friend of the show. He's a, a longtime subscriber. We chat on all, all across the internet every once in a while, and he has graciously stepped up to let me talk to him about being a third-party voter. Thanks for joining me, Craig. Thank you. Yes, excited to be here. I, I'm super excited for this conversation because I know that, I mean, there's so many people going different directions with voting and I was like, come on, fucking does somebody, I feel like on Twitter, I don't know. I couldn't find anyone. I was like, nobody wants to step up. I know there's third party voters. I've been one of them. Where are you? So this is exciting. You are, you're, you're going libertarian, Joe Jorgensen, right? Yes. All right. Do you, let me ask you this. What what percentage of your vote for him is just you align mostly? Is it all that you just like he aligns mostly with your values or is some of it also I want to shake up the two party system? Well, first thing, bear in mind, Joe is a is a woman. Wow. This is how little I know about third party candidates. Look at me. Look at my sexist ass thinking well, Joe's a guy. Ah! <laughs> you guys, I have clearly done no research, uh, which is honestly horrifying especially considering there was a time where i i mean i was really big ron paul so like i should know who's going on libertarian i mean this is even more exciting and you got everyone listening gets to hear me sound like a total dumbass well cutting that out i don't think she's as well known so in the 2016 election we had gary johnson who was actually a governor yes i think he was a little bit more higher profile yes i had never heard of her obviously and I just, I, I've been so caught up in the whirlwind of, do I need to like, maybe I really need to vote for Biden because, of, you know, just seeing the headlines and seeing the things of like, oh, it's all chaos and this is the worst thing ever. But then the way Trump has been handling the pandemic, my decision ended up being, I mean, I don't know how much impact my individual vote really has in California voting blue, but I was, I just felt like, I was like, let's go with the most likely to get him out. Cause it feels like that was my top priority is like, I need, let's give someone else a chance to handle the pandemic. That's all I could personally think about. Yeah, well, let's get into to Joe. So you, would, are you, would you describe yourself as like a libertarian? Or is that just... Yeah. Okay. I'm a, I'm a card-carrying libertarian. Yeah, so you're yes. like, here's what where I get hung up on libertarian stuff. Because from an ideological, in a perfect world standpoint, it all makes sense to me. The idea of, and stop me if what my idea of libertarianism is completely wrong. Like, didn't even know the gender of the fucking candidate. <laughs> wow. I, uh, 
anyone's listening, at this, at just a reminder, if you come here thinking I am at all an educated source, I am not, and that's the point of this podcast. Right. Well, it's kind of like a lot less government, right? Like let people govern themselves sort of. Right. Direction, which so is- The idea is do no harm. Yeah. So the government should step in if you're harming someone else. Okay. But as so, long as you're not harming anyone else, then the government should stay out of it. That's the basic principle. That's the basic principle. Do we trust? I guess my my hangup is like the trust of would people do no harm? Would the government step in quick enough? Or how, how does the government determine? Well, and I think we're seeing this with many different debates on different topics. You know, what constitutes harm? Right. So when you say do no harm, so... From a a card-carrying libertarian standpoint, to you, what are the things the government, you know, someone would step in on, should step in on? Well, so just think about the whole marriage discussion, right? Yeah. Uh, A lot of people have different opinions on who ought to be able to marry who. So the libertarian viewpoint is, is you do you. And there's, as long as you're not harming me, I mean, if some uh, dude came up and proposed to me, I would just say no. And that would be the end of the story, right? Yeah. And it's also like, <laughs> I, I love the, 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 the idea people somehow, somehow have is that like, they'll be personally affronted by someone's sexual identity. That like, well, someone's not just going to come try to sweep you off your feet if you're not gay. Like he doesn't care, you know? So, okay. So it's like, let whoever people want to marry, get married. I assume, what is it? Le- like legalize all drugs and let people... You know, yeah. if you're going to do too many drugs, that's on you. That's on you. And I, I mean, and then companies will still have their own requirements. Yeah. So if the drugs were legal, but you still, it's the employer who decides who they're going to pay. Yeah. They're like, they we, say that you. We don't want employees doing that type of drug here. Right. Interesting. And then in a situation like that, would there be like with uh, things like addiction. So people, you know, maybe getting addicted to, especially if everything's legalized, you know, getting addicted to hard drugs would then under like a libertarian ideology, any type of treatment for that would be what privatized. Is that how that works? I, yeah. I mean, I, in an ideal world, the, the treatment plans would be done by charitable organization. Yeah. So I think a libertarian philosophy would incentivize charitable giving for a variety of things. Yeah, and in theory, incentivize these charities to uh, sprout up as needed. Right. So sort of the assumption is that people will come through where they see a need and and help each other out. Well, I think the libertarian view would certainly support helping people if if there was if the the private sector wasn't stepping up. That I could see the government stepping in because then you're not hurting anybody. You're trying to help them. You're trying to lift them up. Okay. That's so interesting. Is there any general consensus on abortion within libertarians? Because that, where is the line for harm with that? Well, I I think there's probably still a dividing line there. I've read different things. Okay. But I think the typical libertarian would say, do no harm means do no harm to the unborn. So So, it tends to lean more toward pro-life. Yeah. Okay. Because that really is this... Uh, and, and, you know, you see splits on it in, in each party where you, people assume you people assume if you're a Democrat, you're pro-choice. If you're if you're Republican, that pro-life. But you see that's not always the case. The more you talk to people is that you'll see people on both into the into the aisle. So because that is a very gray area. Is Joe Jorgensen, has she been loudly pro-life? 
So, well, I just, I happened because I knew we'd be discussing this. I pulled up the libertarian platform. Look at you doing more research than the host. I'm a failure. I'm pulling it. You're fine. All I did was pull it up. So it says, it's right in the, it's the, it's the number five, it's 1.5 on the platform. And it says, recognizing that abortion is a sensitive issue and that people can hold good faith views on all sides. We believe that the government should be kept out of the matter, leaving the question to each person for their conscientious consideration. So the, it no. shouldn't be up to the government to tell you can't do it. The government shouldn't be giving you money to do it. It's like leave people alone. Right. A, I mean, a lot libertarian is like leave us alone. <laughs> government, Pretty much. mind your own fucking business. Right. That, that makes sense to me because it's like well, the thing is is if I if I think about most major philosophies or most major uh, sort of like platforms and political movements in my mind, I can find a world where they make sense in theory, like socialism in theory isn't bad to me in a way, in in a world where the government was actually utilizing tax money properly. But then you look at the government we have and it's like, yeah, I I don't know what the fuck you're doing with my taxes. I don't want to give you more of them. And then what have you done? So, and I say, I say that by the way, as someone who is a diehard Bernie bro, but also realizes like, okay, this in a, in a nice world, it makes sense. Um, have you voted libertarian? How, how long have you been voting libertarian? I would say just the last two. Two? You were Gary Johnson and then this? Yeah. Where were you before 2000, what, 2012? Did you go Obama or third party? I think I, rep- I, I think I was Republican. Like, I think I had mentioned you before, I voted for Perot. In 92. Yeah, he was reform, right? He was like a reform party, right? And was that, is that even still a party? Is that just like, was that just what they called it? Because it was a third yeah. party? Yeah, it was basically his party. Okay. What do you, yeah. do you remember? Was he like similar views like on the libertarian? Or- um, no, I think he was probably closer to Republican, but he was definitely much more about protecting American interests, right? So he didn't think NAFTA was a good idea. Okay. That was one of his big claims to fame was the, the giant sucking sound that was going to be happening once we reduced a lot of the barriers. Yeah, like, so he was kind of against the whole globalist, let's all get together. He, he was like, let's just focus on America and like keep our shit together. Right. Man, that's... Because, I mean, he really, like, rocked the boat just getting as far as he got and got, getting the attention he got with, like, getting in the debates. And Right. Do you happen to know off the top of your head? I can also look it up. How much... There's a certain percentage a third party would have to get of the polling or the votes to to be allowed in the debates. And then they extended it. I think back in 92, it was 15%. And I think this year, they extended it to 20%. Oh, so they keep raising it. Yeah, because of course, because the two people parties are getting on keep... board with right. the third party. So they're like, oh, we don't have, like, that's just like a rule we made up, but like, because there's not supposed to be a third party. Like, we don't want. Right. How does that make you feel? As like, a, like how frustrating is that as, as someone who is, you know, uh, a proponent and an advocate for like what I would say is probably the most popular third party, as far as I can tell. It's, I mean, I can see you don't want to necessarily open it up to every 
Tom, Dick, and Harry, right? You got to have some kind of a order, yeah, like an order behind it. But you know how hard it was for just two guys to talk to each other. They both look like fucking clowns in these debates. Right. So yeah, I mean, if you could say, you know, so like I pointed out to you, they if they get to five percent, then they actually get funds from the Federal Election Commission. So five percent is the bar to be considered a, a legitimate party from that standpoint. So, you know, that's the one reason to vote is if we can get the libertarian. So like Gary Johnson with him, we got it to I think it was three and a quarter percent. Damn. So, you know, I don't know if it's gonna be able to match that, but you know, if people are looking at the ballot and saying, Okay, I can't vote for one, I can't vote for two, what's number three? So I mean it could ver- I haven't really heard any polling yet, but it could be possible that they get to five percent. Um, and then I guess from there, it's the banner of, you know, the debates are settled on this supposedly nonpartisan group, but I think it's still basically, you know, over, it's, it's basically run by both Democrats and Republicans to make sure that they keep their powers in place. Oh yeah. Cause there's like, I mean, there's so much like corporate money and stuff that they try to keep under wraps. Any of these like top Republican, you know, senators, et cetera, Democrats, they're all, They've all got people in their pockets. Like none of them. What frustrates me the most about the Democratic Party, and I, and I, I went with Joe Biden because you know maybe I bought into the maybe you know it's not as bad as I think it is, and the media is making it worse, which is what some people say uh, that he was my choice. I, I definitely thought that was like a good move for me, but n- no one in either party who's made it very far. None of them are great for the people. The thing I struggle with most is how loudly the Democratic Party will be like, we're about progress and the people and there's still these higher up Dems getting money from who knows what and being like, no, fracking, whatever. And you're like, well, I don't, I don't, that's like, fracking's not a good example for the people. But yeah, just that it's, a, you know, politician is in itself its own kind of, uh, there's always like a little darkness to someone who's a very high up successful politician. I'm like, who are you getting money from? What's going on there? Like yeah, how do these yeah, guys become millionaires? Yeah, because it's like, okay, you have this salary. Where why how do you own five houses? Right. Um, and the fact that so many people kind of don't don't question that is like what's alarming to me because it's like, oh like so and there's nothing I you know I can do about people being complacent with the system other than trying to yell about it. But that's not weird, you guys. What are your thoughts on uh, term limits? Yeah, I'm. I definitely am for term limits. Yeah, I like um, these senators that stay in forever. It's like this shouldn't be a long term career. <sighs> yeah, the biggest problem is that you know, like I, I used to live in Michigan. Michigan passed an, a, an amendment at one point to limit the terms of not only their state representatives but also for Congress and Senate. Well, that got thrown out because it wasn't nationwide. In it. Yeah. Like, right. It's like, so that's where, that's where I'm a proponent of that other, the convention of states movement, uh, where there's a, a number of the states are coalescing and be getting together so that they can actually call their own convention to seek to modify the constitution because the people that are in Washington certainly aren't going to want to put limits on their own longevity yeah that's the that's the hard thing about that is that it's like okay well in this system where our senators and our you know representatives are supposed to pass the things we want if what we want is like hey we don't want you to fucking work here for the rest of your life 
Right. Yeah. It's so, it's a, it's so sticky. But I don't know how we agree on that. You know, I was hoping that we could at least agree to, to eliminate the time change, but here we are, we're going to change our clocks again on Sunday night. The, I will never understand. And like, to me, the fact that it exists, like the level of anger I have about it is probably just as unnecessary as the fact that it exists. But it's like, this was for farmers. Like we don't, we don't need to move clocks back. Also, farmers can just wake up an hour earlier. Like, what are what is this weird time zone shift thing? My mother just moved back from South Korea, and she has a job in Arizona, but it's northern Arizona, and she lives in Utah. And okay. Utah does daylight savings, and Arizona doesn't. So she has to, like, live on the idea of time in Arizona. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, and that's her own fucking very yeah. unique situation. But it is, like, why are we shifting our clocks like it can just get dark earlier i don't get it yeah i don't know how do you feel so there's a lot of people who and i'm seeing a lot more of it this year but i saw it last year i saw people you know oh i the the idea that uh people say that it's a wasted vote when you vote third party what are your thoughts on that yeah, I, I definitely disagree because I think we need to get to that 5% platform so that the third party can become something legitimate. Yeah, you know? and, it, and it's like, yeah, no, if everyone actually maybe votes for the candidate they believe in most, because I feel like people buy into that. And then instead of voting, in my opinion, you should vote for the person who has the values that you want and would like to see in a president. Uh, but people, you know, give up that when there maybe is a candidate like Joe or someone who aligns with what they think just to go, well, Joe Jorgensen, there's too many Joes. Now what's happening? Right. Now there's two Joes. Yeah. Um, oh my God. There's this whole song I just heard that Cher did. This is not important to politics, but she like, <laughs> it was for a Joe Biden <laughs> fundraiser. And it's like okay. old forties song that she like remade about, there was literally a song called happiness is a man named Joe happiness is Joe. I know it's very weird, but okay. a friend of mine worked on it, so I shouldn't be throwing shade at it. Um, <laughs> but she's like, President Joe! And I'm like, oh, the Libertarian Party should just like swipe that and be like, look what she did for us! Yeah. Thank you for that song. <laughs> Fuck! And you know what's, cra- what's crazy to me now, even coming into this and making that like, oh, call, like thinking it was a dude, the amount of like, be- in 2016, there were so many people that I felt like were for Hillary because she was a woman. Like they were like, this, it, it, this is, you know, it means everything to women. And that I have not even heard about Joe is like, right. what kind of like that there's not that like, no, I'm not seeing any major media outlet, like even talk about it. And that to me is the real problem that like, we have these major news outlets and of course, you know, you given whichever given one you choose to watch, any of them has a slant either to the right or to the left, but that they act like the third party doesn't exist. Right. And we still trust them to be like giving us news. (laughs) Yeah. I hope I'm surprised. I think it seems like Rogan was pretty active on the libertarian side of, but I, you know, I don't think I didn't see anywhere where he even interviewed Jorgensen. No, and I'm wondering oh. uh, if this is definitely conspiracy. If because he just moved to you know Spotify, 
and he's got this like big deal with them, but everyone, like people are saying like, Oh, they're like censoring him. And I don't know if that's just crazy people. Cause it seems like, I mean, he made his show as big as it is by being uncensored. They're not going to ruin the show. They want it to be a money because it's like, we don't care. We want money. (laughs) Like that's what it come down to. But yeah, you're right that like, I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of stuff from her. And, you know, I also am in, I'm in a liberal bubble. I live in LA. Like it's not surprising to me that I see more people pro, pro Joe Biden than anything else where I live. But I also think people here get jaded because the city's like that. They have this like false view. I remember in 2016, I knew so many people who thought it was going to be a landslide for Hillary. And as someone who like tours the country, who knows people, you know, I grew up in a red state. I went to college in Florida, which is, you know, flip flops. And I go all over. I meet lots of people with different ideals. I, I, I thought she was going to pull it off, but I was like, it's not going to be a landslide. Like it's going to be very close. And I, I agree with what you're saying about the importance of third party that like, if we want to change the system, cause I, it would shock me if there was anyone still out there thinking, well, the system's not broken. We just voted in a bat. Like, it's a shitty system. It's a very yeah. shitty system. Uh, and, and I see a lot of people trying to blame third-party voters for the fact that, like, oh, if, if Joe Biden doesn't win, it's your fault if you voted third-party. And it's like... Not unless the third party beats him. Like, what are you? Right. But I bet, I would assume that's just the the influx of tweets I see because the Twitter accounts I follow are a lot of comedians, a lot of Hollywood people are like vocally liberal. Uh, I assume it probably happens on the other side too. I bet there's Republicans who feel the same way that like. Well, I felt uh, that's why Clinton won in 92 was because too many people voted for Perot. Yeah. Oh, so like Perot probably took votes from, I don't even know who he ran against. Bob Dole? Bush. Bush. When was Bob Dole? No, I think Bob Dole was 96. Fuck. So I think Perot ran in 96 as well, but it wasn't as strong a position as he did when it was in 92. Yeah. That's, it's, that speaks volumes to the success of Ross Perot that I couldn't remember the major candidate. Yeah. Because Bush only served one term. The first Bush. George H.W. Bush only served from 88 to 92. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Do you... I'm trying to think of how I want to phrase... There's like this idea in my head, but I can't think of how to phrase a question around it. What do you think, like, actively or campaignly, maybe, just, just as, like, a citizen observing the system, having your opinions... What what do you think needs to be done to like encourage people to consider third parties more? Like what made you cuz you know like we, you everywhere you look you're going to see Republican Democrat Republican Democrat, you know, people go their ways. And granted it, it's a lot there's a lot more to see in the age of social media. There was a time when you maybe didn't know who your neighbor voted for and you didn't worry about it, but like what pushed you to go, oh, maybe I'll consider this other option? I think it's just kind of getting, you know, seeing both sides and not being really satisfied with either. Kind of maybe and getting I, sick of it a little, like you're... You get sick of it and you get, and I, I mean, I really don't watch any 
of the, I really, I, I guess I look at the headlines maybe on Google, but I really get most of my news and insight into the news from podcasts. Yeah. So I'm not really paying attention to what the mainstream is. I'm really paying more attention to, I guess, things on the periphery. Yeah. The conversations about it, which I think, you know, more people are starting to do and that's shifting. I mean, as we saw, like, you know, Gary Johnson didn't reach that 5%, but it's like maybe with these major news outlets now having to compete with uncensored people, just sharing what they've learned, sharing their ideas. It's gonna, I mean, hopefully I would, I would like to shake up the system regardless, even if it's involves a third party that I don't, you know, I don't want to, you know, some sort of weird, creepy dictator party or whatever, but like, right. Yeah. That could be, but like, I would like to shake up the system because, and I think that's a lot of why some people may have gone for Trump and I, I, you know, people don't want to hear you say it, but it's like, yeah, people are sick of regular mainstream politicians because it's like, they're clearly not their self-interest is, you know, well, self-interested. Um, right. Like the amount of talk we hear from politicians and we get hopeful and we go like, Oh my God, this person's going to make a change. And then nothing changes. I get why people went, well, Trump's not a politician. So maybe we want someone who isn't, you know, good old, same old, you know, into the system and secretly shaking hands with everybody on every side and whatever. Yeah. But he's just into Trump. Whatever is good for Trump is. Yeah. I was like, it ended up being worse. Like, right. But, and now if someone's still voting for my, that is something I, I am, I interviewed someone who is, and it was a long interview and I had a lot of questions and I, there were things I was like trying to wrap my head around. Like in 2016, looking back, I can see why someone was like, you know, I don't love him, but maybe getting someone in there just to prove we can get in a non-politician will light a fire under some asses or maybe they thought he was going to be different. I held out for like a long time that I was like, maybe we're all going to be really shocked and Trump is going to turn around and actually, I I don't know what I I have literally forgotten everything I had an opinion on pre pandemic because once this happened, I was like, well, none of that matters. Like having conversations. He said he was going to drain the swamp and he really didn't. No, he's like, we're becoming a swamp. Right. (laughs) Becoming more of a swamp. So I don't, that's where I'm disappointed. I would have liked to have seen him actually try to drain the swamp and try to make changes that way. And he hasn't done anything about, you know, all the lobbyists pouring all this money in. No, he's not. You know, it was, it was just a different person kind of doing the same. Let me tell you what you want to hear. Right. But I think people are getting so fed up that that that's why they bought into it. And then maybe now seeing they got more of the same, it's like maybe a third party. I'm just wondering if people, do you think, I mean, do you have conversations about this with like, you know, people in your social circle, family, work friends? Like, do you feel like you see more people kind of looking at these third parties? Um, Or even what you're listening to? I mean, what I'm listening to, yes. I think there's for some of the things I'm listening to, they talk about some of these ideas without necessarily putting it under the libertarian umbrella. Yeah. So they seem to have that kind of, you know, more independent thinking without necessarily labeling it that way. 
Yeah. Because that's well, what happens. Like my six, I have a 16 year old and, you know, and he always gets on me like, oh, so you want to sell drugs to kids? And I'm like, <laughs> well, let's at least make sure they're 18. Yeah. I mean, like, I think, the yeah, I mean, we need to at least have some amount of, you know, maybe we want to sell drugs to people that are over 18. Maybe we don't want people marrying horses. I mean, I think there's some probably some lines that we can agree on. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, people love to go to the extreme with every party, like when I give an example. And granted, yeah, as as I've learned from Facebook and Twitter, there are some people that really are that far on the fringe of parties right. where you're like, oh, you are like the, the so extreme left or right, which I think, but it's such a rare, I think in any instance, they're using this rare extreme example as the, you know, like it's the means, like it's the average. And you're like, no, that's, and I, I also think stuff like that is a tool for any party to try to, there's my, I'm, Moki's a libertarian. She's not. A cord chewing dog. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, uh, like a tool to dismiss other points of view. Like this idea right. that I see a lot of, oh, this person is bad because they gave, you know, XYZ person a platform. And it's like, if the things you believe in are so fragile that someone publicly sharing a different opinion could cause them to crumble, then like maybe your values aren't that strong. When people go, oh, you know, people get mad at Rogan for, I think he tries to give people across the both sides of the aisle, you know, room to talk. And I would aspire to do the same. But, you know, if he has a conservative person on, people go, oh, he's bad because he gives this person a platform. And it's like, if you like how progressive are you if you don't think that people listening can form their own opinion just because they heard these views that you may right that's a that's a totalitarian way of thinking in itself absolutely and that's that's like a slippery slope and it it just it's very upsetting that we're not getting these differing not extreme views that come from these third parties um Man, I don't know. Do, do you know, what do you know about Joe? Where does she come from? Is she even in politics? What does she do? I, I do. I mean, to be honest, I don't know a whole lot. I don't think she has a huge political background. Got her pulled up here. Yeah. Let's see. But I don't, you know, it's like, so that's different where Johnson was. He was governor of uh, New Mexico. Was it New Mexico? Why did I think it was Utah? No, I'm pretty sure it was New Mexico. Oh. I knew he was like a governor. Um, and then the, the, his running mate was the governor of Massachusetts. Yeah, so they had the like political footing. So I guess there is that, because like it or not, there are some people who, I would say it's probably people not, and then, then there's no judgment in this statement, but like not paying as much attention and kind of like, everything's fine. I would think having the third party candidate be someone who's, already got a foot in the door, maybe appealed to more people. So they're like, oh, well, I'd like this guy's views. And like, people have already voted for him because like, that's unfortunately so much of society. Of it, like, I think there's so many people who vote based on like, well, what are other people doing? Like, what are, I don't want to be the only person talking about this guy. Joe looks like, okay, she was a doctor. So she she was, had her own business. I mean, it looks like she's, she's a she business. Got her MBA. She's like worked at IBM. Yeah. 
she started a software sales business. So she's, she's definitely good with money. Wow. Yeah, and then the, and then it references above that she was a candidate in a number of other places uh, for the Libertarian Party. Oh, I like that. Let me ask you, because uh, I don't know. Have you seen The Social Dilemma? I have not seen. I've heard about it, but I haven't watched it. Yeah. So basically, you know, anyone who hasn't watched that, they they really dig into the algorithms of how our feeds kind of like every little click we do, everything we type, it like caters to us on our timeline. Right. Do you see a lot? Cause I don't, I feel like I've seen less stuff for libertarians for Joe, like this year than ever in a previous election. And maybe, you know, like I, I saw, you know, I saw people talking about Gary Johnson. I saw people talking about Ron Paul. Uh, he was libertarian, right? Yeah. Mm, I think so. Well, yeah. I think he's a Republican, but he, ascribes to a lot of libertarian ideals. Yeah, yeah, I, um, I was into Ron Paul. I was like, yeah, I, I get, this makes sense to me. Um, do you see a lot of, like, stuff that aligns with libertarian views, like, in your social media feed? No, because I purposefully don't talk about it because it's such a hot topic. Yeah. I just, I just don't. I'll, the only, I post about my kids and my family and... And yeah, no. you're like, and that does make a difference. Like Probably. the minute you post about something political, Facebook and Twitter are like, oh, you want to talk about politics? It's honestly good for you because it has destroyed my feeds and it is so depressing. Right. Because I'm just wonder. I, I'm curious if anyone listening is libertarian, I would love for you to reach out to me. What I'm wondering is, is there stuff I'm not seeing because of the things I've clicked on? I'm getting tinfoil happy here. Um, like if someone is, you know, really excited about Joe, are they seeing stuff geared toward libertarian, uh, ideals or because you look at these, I think, and I think we're starting to kind of be aware of these, aware of the fact that like Facebook and Twitter, there's this algorithm, but it is controlled somehow. So I do sometimes wonder how much of this is and this is all just me being paranoid, but like how much of this is the result of what I've clicked on and it like thinking this is what I want to see or is there com some component of like, this is, this is what we want you to see. Like, but. No, I think it's more, all, they're all about keeping you on their platform longer. That's true. Yeah. They want to give like, you more of what you want to see. That's their yeah, big and it's thing. A, it's a silly thought to have because it's like, okay, realistically they're corporations. So they would probably not want me to see the, Hey, here's more stuff about voting for the guy who's going to tax us. <laughs> you know? So that's like a silly thought. Uh, do you think, do you have hope as someone, I mean, you obviously have like a little bit of hope as someone who's like voting, voting third party. Do you have hope that in the next, you know, few major elections that we'll see a shift? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think we're seeing, because I, I think the biggest thing I see is the, the growing acceptance of other media outlets. Yeah. And I think that's, what's going to really help because it seems like the big major networks are all kind of taken aside and they're in that same mode of how do we get more clicks to keep people on our platform and I think having these other sources of news is going to really be valuable to, to get people to think bigger. Absolutely. That's you the, know? 
Yeah, that's the like uh, paradox of the algorithm is that like we have so much information available to us. Are you getting all the information? Like, are they not showing you all this other information? Because it's like, well, that's going to disrupt what you want to believe is real. And I guess the other thing, you know, so the way I got my libertarian information was typically via email. Wow. Were you on a list? What do you mean via email? Like, how did that start? I was, because I... Car, you know, so I paid my 20 bucks or whatever to become a libertarian, right? And Oh, that's so, so it's like to join, like you can join the party officially. Right. And then they like kind of sign you up and you're like, they're like, here's information. Yeah. So then they keep giving you on a drip campaign, but then every single email, they ask for money. And that kind of turned me off too. I re- I'm like, I realize you need more money to run the machine, but like every email else I could do. Yeah. Every single email, they wanted money. I get that. To, and I'm getting emails that I'm like, how did I get on this email list? And it's right. like, I, I donated $5 once somewhere. And it's like, that. I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, the emails are so overwhelming that I'm almost like, I want to vote for someone else just because I fucking hate these emails. Yeah. Well, I just unsubscribe. I mean, I did. I unsubscribe from it because I'm like, I don't want to see it all the time. I continue to unsubscribe. Do you ever find things that like, Maybe within those emails or like with you, you know, engaging in content around your beliefs, do you ever find stuff that is like, you know, under the umbrella of libertarian that you go like, okay, that's a little too far for me. Like you go like, let's, cause I, I feel like there's this image. I've heard people try to put like the idea of a libertarian. I feel like I could be wrong. That seems like, the party that unfairly gets the like tinfoil hat. Yeah. Uh, cause it, cause because people fucking like you disagree with me. You must be a crazy person is really what that is. It's gaslighting, uh, for everyone listening. It's an asshole move. Like you can make the point without being like, Oh, you think something else you're crazy. Right. Um, yeah, I think the drugs thing, you know, that's the, the two things I mentioned selling drugs to kids that's, and it's everyone murdering everybody. Is right. It? Well, and then, or marrying an animal or something, you know, that's where it's like, okay, well, wait a minute. Maybe we can't, we don't need to go totally extreme. Yeah. I mean, so just to tell you, so like I recently, I traveled and I haven't met my cousins who I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. So I knew my one cousin married a man a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And so as I came and saw the family that night, they're like, oh yeah, this is my husband. And this is, this is my other partner. And so they're in a throuple. They're in a throuple. Yes. And, they even have all the fun. And everybody's, and it's like, okay, well, that's cool. You know, and again, that's one of those things. It doesn't affect me. Yeah, they're like, fine, good it's for you. Good for you. I mean, I don't think I don't think they're officially recognized by the state of Massachusetts. No, throuples. I, I'm like, look, if you want to be in a throuple, that's fine. If we start giving even bigger tax breaks to three people getting married, I'm going to have a problem as a person who's unmarried. I'm like, enough already. Right. <laughs> like, no more tax breaks for you. But yeah, no, I, I think that's a good way to live is like live and let live. And I think in theory, like that's what people who claim to be progressive, I would think are like aspiring toward, but it's, we get lost in this like clouded two-party garbage where people treat it more like a sports team. Right. Um, does your do you got to win and somebody's got to lose. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. So it's like, well, I'm going to bet on somebody who's more likely to win rather than 
going with what I actually believe in. And it's like, I don't, isn't that what your vote is for? Do you really have hope if you're not voting for the candidate that you actually align with? Or are you just like, oh, I've given up and I'm kowtowing to the system? Not to say, you know, some people really do believe in the things that these major parties do, obviously. I mean, the biggest thing I saw today in the news that was, it seems like they're saying that the amount of people that are actually going out to vote is in record numbers this year. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... I'm hoping that's true. I have my, you know, the issue is like with the early voting is like, are people lighting a fire under their ass or is it like, well, this is pandemic and more people are sending in stuff and we're getting in a lot up top, but maybe on voting day. Yeah, I don't know. I like the way we do it in Texas is phenomenal. We can go, I mean, there's early voting like three weeks before election day. Wow. And you can go in, it's like from, I think like this week it goes from eight in the morning to seven at night and they even do it on the weekends. So, I mean, there's really no excuse to not have time to vote. Oh, oh. And that's, to me, that's how, do you guys do mail-in ballots as well? I, well, I think you can do mail-in, but you got to have a good reason. Like an absentee type thing. Yeah, right. Because you guys, it's like, your state is open. So here, like, we're not, it, you can't not open the state and then also not give us mail-in ballots. You know what I mean? Right. My, mine's always been mail-in because I qualified from being on the road all the time. I just, sure. I don't even remember what the loophole was, but I was like, I'm, I need the absentee ballot because I often am not in town for actual election day. And they didn't really do a lot of like show up early voting here until, you know, th- I think things are changing, but it, it's shocking and very suspicious to me that there are states that still do the like, this is the day that like, that anyone would not do early voting and see the benefit of it. I'm glad it, it seems to be shifting. Um, yeah. I think you're right. I think that that in itself will, you know, bring about a change of hopefully, you know, people being more sincere with their voice and, um, and, and voting for what actually means things to them. Cause it does feel like a big, it's so, so much of everything a party does is it's all a political tactic, but a political tactic, it's a political tactic to tell people that voting third party is a waste of time. And it's cause it's bullying them into voting for your party. Um, I say as someone who was bullied into voting for, no, <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Uh, fuck. I thought there was one more question. Oh, do you ever talk to like your family, your extended family about politics? Like, do, the, are, do you come from a family that aligns around the same as you? Or are they like, oh, there's Craig. He's just, you know, gone rogue being a libertarian. Because my family is all Republican. So I'm mm, well, the outlier. Yeah. I have one uncle who's like, like loudly liberal. And me and him are like the black sheep of the, that. They're just like, you know, these apples fell way off the tree. <laughs> We don't, I mean, that's the thing. So we moved from up north. Yeah. So we're kind of far away from our families. So it's just like not a thing that. Yeah, we don't. So, I mean, basically, I guess that you can occasionally see where they lie on Facebook, but because we don't often engage in that kind of conversation, we don't typically get involved with it. So yeah, you don't get into heated. Right. So, I mean, I talk about it. So at the, our house, I mean, my wife always, she's an environmental engineer. So she's definitely leans more democratic on things. So we very often cancel each other out. Yeah. Um, my son is more, he's of the mind of libertarian, but he also challenges me on some of the crazier ideas of it. And so I don't know that he's fully on board with it. Yeah. Um, so the conversations we have, we have good, you know, we have good conversations about it, but 
we're still all a family when it doesn't like divide the house or anything. It doesn't divide the house. Yeah. That feels right. like a, it's such a thing now that like, I don't, I mean, the amount of people I see, oh, if you're, if you disagree with this, I'll block you. And I'm like, that's not progressive at all. You, know, you can't have, you right. can't have a conversation with someone with, it's like, that's how you learn. That's how you form your opinions is like, you can't risk realizing that maybe what you think is wrong is that to me, that's what the problem is, is that like right. people are afraid of being backed in a corner about an issue. If, if they have a conversation about it where they can, they don't have a logical explanation for like, well, why didn't, if you're so this, why are you voting for this candidate who doesn't? And they're like, I, um, it's, it is indeed a clusterfuck. I will say that. <laughs> um, well, the one, you know, the other thing that with, Libertarians believe that we should bring all of our troops home. So, I mean, while that sounds good on paper, it's like, how would that work out in practicality? Yeah, well, because, sudden, that would be uh, huge. That, because there's, well, yeah, because we have so many fucking troops everywhere because we're right. like sticking our nose into so many people's business, which I don't, I don't love it. I'm like, my mom worked overseas for like seven years and it was like, oh, she would have been SOL if they're like, everyone's coming home that's one of it's it's one of those things that's sticky but it's like yeah but if if that's no not even that idea is not even on the table how are you going to find a solution for it that if we go like that's nice but it'd be hard and it's like all right well now that we're talking about it like if we get someone in there who wants to like maybe do that then we can start forming you know committees and stuff to formulate a plan of like how do we actually handle this how do we you know help people find gainful employment outside of what they used to do and like shutting down all these like big entities we have because I think we all, I mean, I, that was a major upset for me with the democratic party is that like, yeah, we didn't really do much to like bring people home. And it's like all the talk of like bringing home the troops, we didn't really pull it off and yeah, it's hard, but it would be nice to at least, it would nice to at least be able to see that, there was like even like performative like make it seem like you're working on it you know um it's that it's so sad that the state of what we've done with like entering wars and like going into other countries is of the fact that the idea of bringing troops home is a crisis right that like how will we bring people home from war <laughs> that's that's Oh, what a mind fuck, Craig. <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> All right. Any final, sort it out. final thoughts? Anything you want to share? Any, this will drop Monday before election day. So. Well, just every, whatever your vote is, go out and do it. Yeah. Exercise your right. Yeah. And then if you don't think, if you don't like either the first two guys, then consider voting libertarian because I think that, there's a place for a third party, and I think it can add a lot of value to the conversation. Absolutely. And also, for anyone listening, like, you know, take a couple seconds to look up, you know, look up the people on the ballot and, like, at least know what, what the third party people on your ballot stand for, you know? Don't, like, don't be like me and not know that there was a woman running for president until right. <laughs> Well, I'm the worst feminist ever, and I'm signing off. Uh, thank you for joining me, Craig. This was this was really fun. I, I appreciate your time, and you know, hopefully, we'll shake up the system one way or another. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, bye, everybody. 
All right, there you go. Craig Backus, Libertarian, third party, straight out of Texas. Texas is up in the air right now. I don't think it's going to the Libertarian Party, but I feel like it may be upset in some capacity. Maybe it will. Who knows? We'll see. And I don't want to hear you complain if you don't get out there and vote. So get out there. This is dropping on a Monday, Tuesday's voting day. Get off your butt, go to the polls, wear your masks. If you like this podcast, subscribe, rate, review it on iTunes, share it with your friends because everybody's a little bit ignorant sometimes. And thank you to my patrons that support the podcast, John, Eric, Jean, Greg, Kathy, Terry. Those are not all the patrons, but those are exclusive members of the League of Extraordinary Idiots on Patreon. You can be a part of that. You can keep the episodes flowing. You can come hang out with me bi-weekly. I still don't know if it's bi-weekly or bi-monthly. I don't know the right term. I should learn it. I feel like it's interchangeable. Uh, and we do Zooms. We chill. And we do a lot of other things. There's bonus content, stand-up clips you can't see anywhere else. And more importantly, you're helping out me so I can help you get answers to your questions via these interviews. Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Blessed Podcast, or you can see faces to go with the voices you hear in these interviews at Ignorance is Blessed on Instagram. And uh, please keep in mind that no guest is or claims to be a representative for every person person who has a similar identity. They are just one person sharing their own experience and ideas to help us get a peek at how things look from their situated position in the world. If you have additional questions about this guest, Craig, or you want to suggest another guest, another topic, maybe you don't have a person, but you're like, I would like to hear you interview someone who believes in this or grew up this way. Best way to do that, join the Facebook group. And guess what? You can be supporting there and interacting with the podcast, and it doesn't even cost you a penny. Although, reminder, Patreon is as little as a dollar a month for a lot of content. But nonetheless, write your requests in the Facebook group. That's where I'm seeing them the most. That's where I check. I also post there for questions ahead of times for most guests. Every once in a while, we have someone who it's a quick, you know, we get quick feedback on like, oh, I can jump on right now. And it's a really just bizarre you know rare occurrence that I do an interview without asking for questions but usually it just comes down to a time thing um, but you can get your questions in I I say I'm interviewing so-and-so and I take questions out of the comments and other people in that group can verify but you gotta get in the group to know that it's a safe space for unsafe questions and discussions where we can all learn where one another are coming from And please keep giving those suggestions and keep asking questions because the more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? Thank you for listening. And thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots.